This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic. Jolly presented with Chindanen. Hello everyone, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila Ganesan. And joining me for today's review is Adriana Nordin Manan, who is of course a writer, playwright and translator. Now, um, I don't often have uh, the same reviewer on so soon. Adriana was on just last week. But for the project that we're reviewing today, I really thought that she would be the most appropriate person to discuss this with. Thank you for coming back again so soon, Adriana. No, thank you, Sharmila, for having me. And you were so on point on like thinking that I would enjoy this exhibition. So without carrying out the suspense much longer, today we are going to be reviewing um, uh, an online exhibition of paintings, mixed media paintings called Taman Persona. It's by Mastura Abdul Rahman. And... Um, a very interesting series of paintings, actually, because they are all inspired by the folk tales and the legends around Che Siti Wan Kembang, who is, of course, the Kelantan queen. She's sort of known for being a warrior and for being one of the few uh, female characters in Malay uh, folklore that has a very... Um, I suppose a very unconventional storyline in some ways. Um, and so these paintings are all inspired by her life, but more specifically about um, stories and, and various uh, vignettes from her life. Um, what were your initial impressions, Adriana? Well, personally, I was uh, sold from the start. It had my heart, if I can put it that way, uh, because of the role of theatre in the genesis of the exhibition. Uh, we find out that a uh, big source text uh, for the works was uh, Chek Siti Wan Kembang, a 1992 uh, drama uh, by Zahir Haji Ismail. So yeah, I that really drew me in because as somebody who's uh, really big on, like, I want to see story uh, in, in any works that I see. Uh, it really had that. And so that worked well for me. Yeah. So um, I found that really interesting as well, because this is an online exhibition. So at the moment, even though it's organized by Ruma Sani Slango, you can only catch if you can only look at the paintings either on their social media or on the website itself. But the website itself is actually quite nice because you have the paintings, you can kind of zoom in and out. There are also videos and, and sort of mini documentaries that accompany the works. And all of these come together quite nicely to give you an idea of the works, but also the stories behind the works. And each, uh, what I really liked was that each painting is actually accompanied by like patikan or, or excerpts from the play that you're talking about. And that helps a lot because um, if you're not familiar with the stories of Chase Siti Wan Kembang um, or if you're not necessarily familiar with those particular aspects that she paints about, those set the scene very nicely without telling you the whole story. And there's something about that that I really enjoyed. Um, I saw it as something uh, what, that was fascinating because each piece looked like a scene to mm. me. So that's that's what really stood out to me. And I enjoyed uh, the idea of textures and seeing the different... Because some of them were quite busy, uh, but I love that busyness. Um, yeah, there was a lot to to uh, a lot of influences to tease out, and a lot of uh, just inspirations to think about, and a lot of very Nusantara world uh, elements. Yeah, that busyness is, I think, something that jumps out 
almost automatically. Every painting is packed with elements. Um, and I think with good reason, because um, so just to give you an idea, the five paintings, each of them, each of them essentially capture a scene. So if you think about it uh, as coming from a play, so one painting is about a, a scene in the palace where they are trying to uh, where they're trying to stage a Ma Yong performance. Uh, there's another scene that's where Che Siti Wan Kembang is learning to do silat. Uh, there's another scene which is a hunt. So each scene is very specific. And the elements that make up the scene is what makes these paintings so special, right? Because um, that busyness as such actually comes from uh, Mastura, the, the artist, sort of drawing on just various things about a particular scene. So you feel like you're watching a play or you feel like you're in the space that the stories are happening in no definitely i was and i think speaking as a as a malaysian um what i thought was very special was that the elements they yes they were they were from the nusantara and they as somebody who knows a little bit you know here and there it was really fun to just tease tease out like what was what uh, for example the clouds really made me think of the mega mendung images which i associate with Yogyakarta. So uh, I, yeah, like, I love that like because um, they reminded right? me of the wayang kulit clouds ah interesting there you go see for me like i immediately went to like oh Yogyakarta mm. and the mega mendung that you see on their batik like very iconic right um, yeah, and then the pieces, the the durians, the cut out the durians that were actually, I think the use of batik, actually the use of batik cloth. She just she cut out the uh, pieces of them uh, and she to make them into, for example, the sangol on the on the matyong and the durian. So all of that I think was just such a joy to see and uh, to just give that space for like a like a little a little frolic in the scene. I felt like yeah, you could just like dive in and and dance around and be happy. Yeah. Oh, I I love that actually because um, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? They are mixed media paintings. So um, there are, you know, little collages and and um, bits of batik. Uh, there's even some sarong material here and there. And when you look at the videos that are on the website, they sort of close in and you get a real sense of the texture of this work. Um, and I think that texture may not necessarily come across when you look at it as just images on a, on a screen, which is unfortunately what we're stuck with now. Um, but the videos helped a lot. Um, and also these are large paintings. They are about three feet um, or so, um, which means that in person, exactly what you just said, I feel like you could imagine diving into the scene. And I think that's very important because to me, these were paintings, yes, but they were also um, stories. Each painting actually literalizes a story. And I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I'm there. I'm here with you 100% on that. Uh, what went through my mind, because of late I've been uh, contemplating the idea of uh, ekphrastic writing or poetry, where you look at a, at a work of visual art and then you write from there, right? In taking inspiration from yeah. there. And I was like, I, and I like this because it's almost like... The it, opposite it, of that. Yeah, the yeah. opposite. But then you could then play with it. And, and who knows what kind of story would come up from that. Like, for example, the durian, the durian piece, right? About the durian, it's about... Uh, basically turf wars between neighbours when your durian falls into your neighbour's compound. Um, and I was thinking that, I mean, I the explanation was great in giving me that context, 
But if I were to just look at it and just because it had uh, animals, had the durians and the green, the greenery, like who knows what kind of story you could come up with, you know? So that's like really fun. The, 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 I think the, what this uh, exhibition really drove home is how different art forms can really be in conversation uh, with one another and the possibilities are, are quite endless. And especially the link between writing and visual art was rather delightful, really, to witness. Yes, so when you watch the, there's a little documentary that interviews uh, Mastura Abdul Rahman and she calls these works of historical fiction, uh, mm-hmm. which I found really interesting, right? Because to call artwork historical fiction mm-hmm. the way you would call a novel um, yeah. is, is so delightful to me as someone who both enjoys reading and um, visual arts. Um, and I wanted to draw on something that you just said, this idea that the story can be anything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I really like about this. So as I said, when we began, you don't necessarily need to know the stories to enjoy these paintings because they are beautiful in their own right. But the images are also familiar. So if you look at the um, if you look at the one that's about a, a jetty, for instance, um, and it, it depicts the scene of obviously the, the, the in and ins and outs of um, trade happening by sea and all the different traders from different areas coming into Klantan um, with their wares and it's such a vibrant piece. You don't necessarily need to know that scene or that story to recognize it and to kind of fill in with your own um, narratives, right? Your stories of what you might know about what historically trade was in Malaysia, um, what you might know now about globalization, or you know what, any story, any story that reminds you of the sea and 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 trade and people and cultures. And there's something very um, fulfilling, I think, about these works where I find myself going back to them again and again just to kind kind of look at them and imagine and fill in the different stories. Uh, I think what stood out for me uh, in wanting to do what 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 you suggested, you know, if I were to tackle that like return, uh, repeated returns uh, to look at them, I would definitely keep on looking at the different lines and the curves and how they were so adapted to the scene. And that really, that really drew me in uh, just to compare like the, the hunting scene and then the marketplace trade uh, scene. The the trade scene had all those curves that looked like sails, mm-hmm. you could tell. And then the idea of the water, maritime, seafaring communities just was really, really came to the fore. And the one on the, the hunting scene just had these angles that looked like trees. And it was very, it, it was just really nice. Like it evoked Malay carving, I would say. Um, and yeah, so there were just all these different elements that you knew uh, were put in there. Um, and earlier I said that it was busy, right? A bit, a, a bit busy, the works. But hey, I would never complain about busy works. So yeah, it were really I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, no, I completely agree. I, um, to add on, I loved how the uh, the Silat scene, for instance, it sort of has a, a stillness to it. And um, the lines evoke both a, a very disciplined look, but at the same time, a slightly mystical air about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely the, the lines, the colours, the elements that have been chosen for each painting really depicts the spirit of that particular um, I want to say not just art form but a sort of cultural practice even because if you look at these different things, it's the arts, it's hunting, it's trade, mm-hmm. it's silat mm-hmm. um, they are all various cultural facets of something that existed at that time. Mm-hmm. I do want to get into the individual elements after this but um, Adriana and I are viewing Taman Persona, which is an online exhibition of paintings by Mastura Abdul Rahman. It's currently showing online at rumahseniselangor.com.
gmail.com. And let us know, do you enjoy folklore when it comes to art? Uh, what are some that you'd like to recommend? You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chintana. Welcome back to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila. And today I'm joined by writer, translator and playwright Adriana Nordin-Manan. And together we're reviewing Taman Persona. It's Mastura Abdul Rahman's latest exhibition. It's happening online. It is essentially a series of paintings inspired by the stories of Chek Sitiwan Kembang, who is the queen from Kelantan. And we've been talking a lot about what the paintings looked like, um, the fact that they've been, they engage um, with folklore and sort of allow us to dive into it and create our own stories in some sense. I wanted to talk about the individual um, elements or rather the um, the ways in which Mastura actually brings these stories to life. Because for me, what was really interesting was that they, they're, they're about this historical, legendary woman, but the paintings are all focused on objects and scenes and events rather than people. Um, and I found that very interesting. And I found that visually also um, a, a sort of intriguing way to talk about people without having people. Um, I, I, first of all, I love like, for example, the buffalo and then the snail. I just like how they just turn up, right? The different <laughs> pieces. Um, and they piqued my curiosity. But the way I saw that, I mean, you do, you do. I didn't think actually, uh, uh, as you did, Charmin, I, I didn't think so much about the absence of like human figures. But what uh, intrigued me uh, as, as, as somebody with lived experience, right, of in the Malay Muslim uh, culture, growing up in that culture, um, I was intrigued that there were even uh, animals uh, in 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 the paintings um, because I was always, you know, brought up that you don't you don't depict uh, living things, you don't uh, the human form, animal forms, and again, I'm sure that's a very very uh, narrow um, uh, summation of, of the of the context. But with that in mind, when I saw you know the goats and then the 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 buffalo and the, all the all the animals, I was very intrigued because I understand from my brief reading up on Mastura that she's she's her- heralded as an artist who uh, uses a lot of like is Muslim Islamic themes, uh, womanhood and and Malay culture uh, in her work. So I found it intriguing of the presence, the mere presence even of, of those figures. So that's interesting because um, I use the word objects quite mm-hmm. um, intentionally. The animals in the paintings are not, you could argue they're not animals at all. They have been turned into objects because you don't mm-hmm. see them as whole. It's not a whole buffalo, right? You see perhaps the uh, head of the buffalo, the silhouette of a uh, of a rooster, um, mm-hmm. perhaps just a portion of a answer, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's interesting. I, I, I mean, I don't want to guess what the intention was behind behind making these choices. Uh, but it's very interesting as a method of um, portraying these things because these are very, um, to me, very intrinsically Nusantara objects. Um, even the animals then sort of become a part of that that idea of something being an object rather than something that was living. Hmm, now that we're talking, one way maybe to look at it is that, yes, there were definitely objects. They were, they were maybe 
props in the sense of your own interpretation mm. uh, of, of, of the work. And again, here, I, I still very much have my like, writer hat on, for example. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, if there was a, let's say, Cik Siti Wan Kembang was doing Silat, for example, in one of them, that might take away from the expanse, right, of the imagination of how you could interpret things. Uh, but yeah, by using the animals as objects, it's like, yeah, Adriana, if you want to respond, for example, or if you wanted to try to come up with a little story of your own of what's happening, um, yeah, it's better to have uh, disembodied Disembodied animals. Disembodied animals can become objects, just as you said, um, to be uh, to supplement, to support, uh, to assist your process of uh, making sense and like having fun with the works. I'm so glad you said having fun because I think that's actually a big part of why this collection appealed to me. Um, we've been having a lot of um, pandemic art. We've been having a lot of works that that sort of um, reflect on this past very difficult year that we've had. And and by all means, I'm very glad people are doing that. But I think for me, it was just a breath of fresh air to take in these works at this point in time, um, just to uh, have fun with something, you know, the, the little fun elements that are in each work, the colours, um, the fact that each distinct scene has a definite colour palette and a definite, um, and, and it's a very, it's a very local colour palette, you know, it's not just blue because it's the sea, it's a very particular blue that feels very, um, Local. It feels like the sea here might look. Or um, if you're talking about even the the motifs that are batik motifs, um, they have, they look like they could be from plants here. Um, the colors look like they're from plant dye here, and all of that. I think if if you've been missing the outdoors, if you've been missing um, being able to just go around Malaysia and talk to different people and experience different cultures in our country, um, I felt like these paintings kind of reminded me of that potential. No, definitely. And uh, yeah, no, because remember the documentary, there's a part where she goes, I want to say, uh, to the tomb, I think. Of, uh, so she goes to Taman Serenda, which is um, mm. a which is a, a, a garden in Kelantan that's associated mm. with Chesiti Wan Kambang. Wan Kambang yeah. right? Yeah, no, so I remember thinking like, Oh, joy to be able to go there, you know. And then I started thinking about road tripping to the East Coast and yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Sharmila, I have to ask though. Uh, do you have a favorite? And if yes, which one is your favorite? Ah, favorite? I thought about this because I was going to ask you the same question. So mm -hmm. so we can both share favorites. I struggled because I love the one depicting Mak Yong. It's so mm -hmm. beautiful with the flower motifs and the batik. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I think I settle on the jetty one. Um, there's something about the dynamism and the movement of the waves and, the, and that striking blue. Um, all the different little elements like pots and seashells and books and... And um, I don't know, there's something very, I think it reminds me of travel and, and, and the world. And I love that piece. What about you? You know, uh, Shamila, on both accounts, you and I hit the same note. Uh, I, I love the Mak Yong one and I really enjoyed the jetty. Uh, but I'm going to have to go for the Mak Yong for the simple reason that I absolutely love the sangol because it was made out of cutouts, I think, from, from batik cloth, from what I understood. And I just love that, like, uh, I don't know, the adornment, the fanciness, the beauty. Yeah, so I really liked it. And then I think that's the one that had a lot of gongs as well. Yes, yes. Yes. So, and there was a rubab. So I, I enjoy Mak Yong. Uh, I like it. Um, so, and it just feels like, it feels very significant for, for me personally, culturally, worldviewly. 
Um, so yeah, I definitely was going to choose that one. But the, the jetty one did come a close second. So, I yeah. wanted to quickly pip in one that um, I think the the one that most suits the uh, the text that um, mm-hmm. she includes with the painting for me mm-hmm. was the hunting one though um, mm-hmm. just because of how I mean we talk about we talk about um, caring for nature for instance um, yeah. the interplay between humans and uh, the natural world and this one which is essentially a, an image of uh, or rather a painting of hunting relatively simple not as busy as some of the others but the um, excerpt that accompanies it talks about how um, you can enter these spaces without, um, they use the word rusak, um, so essentially without spoiling them. Um, And I think that the beauty of that, you know, the almost a reverence for the green that's in that painting works so well with the text that accompanies it that I think that um, sort of encapsulates what this series is about quite nicely. I like that, Sharmila, and I appreciate you sharing that perspective. Uh, what I liked about that piece was the deer, the deer looking back, you know, like looking off into the horizon. Yeah, you only see that, the back of him. Yeah, that sense of adventure, like, let's go deer. And you know, the <laughs> significance of like Kijang, right? In Kelantan and also. And apparently too, Cik Siti Wan Kembang. Kijang was yeah. apparently her like a beloved animal. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I think that's something to be said as well, where I, I, at least for me, in my experience, you don't see that much about... Um, folklore or stories from places uh, like specific geographic regions, I feel sometimes uh, in, in our in the art exhibitions that I go to. So it was really nice to really take my mind to that that part of part of the country and you know the strong strong women uh, motif and yeah the the sense of courage but also artistry. Um, yeah, there was a lot. That was a lot that I took away from this exhibition. Yeah. Thank you for reviewing this with me, Adriana. No, thank you for thank you for inviting me. Like this is great. We've been reviewing Taman Persona, which is a series of paintings by Mastura Abdul Rahman, inspired by the legends of Che City Wan Kembang. Uh, it's currently on at um, well, it's currently on online at rumahsenisalango.com. It's on until the thirty first of August. Let us know. Do you enjoy artwork inspired by folk tales by legends? Give us some suggestions if you have any. You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Everyone's a critic. Jointly presented with Chendala. For updates on Malaysian arts and culture, visit www.baskl.com.my.